Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to this show that's for you, those that work so hard for your money. And you're, you're now ready for your money to start working harder for you today. You want that freedom of cash flow now, not 30 or 40 years from now, if you're lucky, but you want it today so you can live that life that you love with those you love while they still love you. But guys, more importantly, it's not just about getting rich, it's about living a rich life because as you are blessed financially, you now have a greater capacity to bless the lives of those around you. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I so appreciate, guys, that you've been binging and sharing this podcast. You've already pushed us number top 1% worldwide of shows out there, and that's out of millions, tens of millions of podcasts. Thank you so much for making this a part of your day and, uh, and allow me to create that ripple effect through you. If you haven't done so now, please go and check out our YouTube channel. You might be on YouTube right now, but if you haven't subscribed to the Money Ripples page, do so because we always have great stuff. Dave and I, just before we got on, we're talking about Ashton Kutcher, right? You know, how does he make his millions? Go be sure to subscribe to it. If you find a favorite video, like, like it and share it with somebody else. Appreciate that so much. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income, from making at least double digit returns on your money. And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually earn double digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if you wanna learn more about that, go check out Secured Investment Corp com that's secured s-e-c-u-r-e-d investmentcorp.com speaking of which i just want to mention here i've got david lecko here with us now you guys might if you've been binging on this podcast long enough you probably saw just a few years back we actually had him on with deal machine talking about driving for dollars and how i mean even at the time of you know hiring uber drivers and things like that to get them to do stuff for you still he's part of deal machine but Man, he said, you know what? I've got some stuff that I think even your passive investors might like. And so we want to invite David Lecco back on to say, well, what is it that you can do with very little money out of pocket, but still get your cash flow up to $75,000 a month? Sounds kind of too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, let's find out if that's the case. David, welcome back. Hey, thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be here with the anti-financial advisor. I'm just a counterculture type of guy. So when I was like, graduating college, a bunch of my friends wanted to be financial advisors and hit me up for buying all this traditional stuff. I just knew that I wanted to do something different. So you, you definitely resonate with me. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. What, what, what can we say? Like when we hear the Steve Jobs, Apple promotion, we're like, oh, that's us, you know, like that's, we're the rebels, you know? So that's, that's what we like to do. 100%. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey too. Cause I know obviously you have deal machine and, and tell us a little bit about what deal machine does before we really get diving into this. Yeah. So, you know, on HGTV, you always see the stars like Tark El Musa turning this really rundown house into a truly beautiful home. Uh -huh. You might not wonder where he gets those houses, though. Typically, those rundown houses aren't listed for sale by realtors because they'd rather sell a pretty house they could charge top dollar for and somebody could qualify with a loan to get. So you're like, where does Tark get these houses? And the answer is, you know, he finds these 
rundown houses uh, through middlemen, right? Called called wholesalers. And the, and the way they yeah. find these rundown houses is they use a, t- a tool like Deal Machine to discover where these rundown houses are that are owned by people that may need to sell those quickly for a cash offer and would be fa- uh, very happy to provide a discount, you know, to that that person. And Deal Machine is not only for discovery, but it's for outreach to market to those types of property owners. Um, so they can get them under contract at a discount and pass them off to Tark and get a finder's fee. So it's called wholesaling real estate. Deal Machine is a tool that helps either wholesalers or somebody who's just looking for a really great deal like I was when I started out in 2017. Um, and I couldn't find a cash flowing rental property on the market. So I had to do what's called going off market. And uh, that's why I end up creating Deal Machine. just help me find these great cash flowing rental properties. So in a nutshell, that's what Deal Machine does. Discovery and outreach for great real estate deals. Love it, man. Well, and, and uh, one thing I love about, I mean, wholesaling, there's no doubt it's a business, right? It requires effort. But the one thing that's just so awesome about it is that it really doesn't require a lot of capital up front. It requires a lot as you get it going and growing, right? But it doesn't require a lot of capital to get started. And, and you, like you said, becoming that middleman is one way that you can kind of get in the real estate game without having to essentially have hundreds of thousands of dollars to be in the real estate game. Right. And so that's exactly the situation I was in. I was making like $50,000 a year. I was working like 80 hours a week. And I noticed that the guy I worked for works a lot less than I did. And he had these five rental properties. And I was like, why'd you do that? Instead of, I was investing all my money uh, because I knew at an early age, like time was on my side. I wanted to stock as much money away as possible. Uh, I'm living with three roommates. I'm not eating out. I'm driving a 2002 Honda Accord that needs a new paint job. I'm just like saving as much as possible. And he's like, well, the stocks can go up and down, which is what I had seen my 401k do. But he's like, if you buy a rental property correctly and you manage it well, it'll always kick off you know, money every single month. And that's what allows you to escape the rat race and retire early. So that was my goal was to retire by 40. And I really liked the sound of that. So I, I set off looking for rental properties, but I was a little discouraged feeling. You know, He said- I bought mine in 2009. There was a lot of great deals back then. I'm not sure you could find a deal like that now. And I went to look for these properties uh, that were listed for sale and nothing would cash flow. They would always, you know, they, they the rental payment I calculated might be like 1200 bucks, but the mortgage taxes and insurance might be 1200 bucks. So that wasn't going to get me closer to retirement. It was actually not going to make me any money at all month to month. Yeah. So I, I was feeling pretty discouraged. Then I found a real estate meetup and I went and I found a lot of people were doing deals pretty much right now. And, and that really encouraged me. They said, I need to do something called driving for dollars, which is you go look for a rundown property. And that way you find somebody that's got a rundown house. If something else happens in their life where they need to sell it, they can't sell it with a realtor. So they'd prefer to give you the house at a discount just to get rid of it. So I went looking, they told me I need to find about a hundred rundown houses. So I drive around and in about two months time, I had made a list of about 40 on a piece of paper. Mm. And I was having a lot of fun, Chris, just driving around after work. It was like something to look forward to, to get me out of that job that I was working 80 hours a week at. And it, it really became like my purpose and gave me a lot of satisfaction, something to look forward to. But after about two months, my heart kind of sank through my car floor when I drove by this house that I knew I had on my list and somebody was working on it. And I was like, man, that's like my house. Like I wrote that down, who's Mm -hmm. working on this house. And I went home, I looked up who owned the property, which you can do on any county's website. 
And somebody just bought it and it was for a price lower than what I would have offered. So I knew this could have been a great real estate deal for me. Ah, I was kicking myself because I had written down all these addresses over two months, but I didn't actually reach out. You know, I didn't knock on anyone's door. I didn't send a letter. And my goal was to send a letter, but like, I just didn't do any of that because that was work and looking at the houses was a lot of fun. You know, I, I was, I was feeling pretty discouraged, but um, I, I came up with this idea to help me with my lack of follow through. And it was like, well, let me take uh, the basic, you know, development skills software wise, make this really basic widget, my phone that let me pin a house, look up the address and then send a piece of mail to the owner. And I, I pretty much put that together in a weekend just for myself and just had it on my phone. So I started using that, Chris. So that way, instead of writing it down, I could pin it, look up the address and then have a piece of mail sent out right away. So that's how I spent the next weekend. Um, that little widget later end up turning into Deal Machine, but that's not really the story that I want to tell now. I wanted to talk about you know the whole reason and the whole purpose I made this widget was to get my rental properties going You know that would give me cash flow. Mm-hmm. And about seven months later from the day I started, and uh, this would have been early seven, 2017 now, was I got a call from somebody. He said, I'd like I'd like to sell my house. And I I asked for his address and I really didn't know what else to say. I said, well, can I meet you at 6 PM? And he said, yeah. And we hung up the phone. So I went down there and it was the small house with a blue tarp on the roof. It was 600 square feet. You know, it it was tiny and it was on a huge yard, but like set back way too far compared to a normal house, like in the alleyway. So it just was a weird house that stood out from the rest, not only because it was run down, but because it was just set back and so small. I didn't know what else to tell him. I was like, why do you want to sell it? And I'm going to take some pictures. Why don't we just chat while I'm going through your place? And so I ended up buying this house. I was going to offer 10000 but before I sent the offer, I just remembered somebody telling me, if your first deal, you don't feel like you're going to offend the seller because your price is so low, you're probably not offering low enough because things can always happen that end up costing more. I ended up offering him $4,782. And the way I I came up with that was I looked at recent sales, which were all twice the size, by the way, there was no house that was 600 square feet. Um, And I calculated, you know, perfect condition after repair value. I don't know if it was like, you know, 70,000 or whatever. And then I cut it in half because it was half the square footage and then uh, subtracted the cost to renovate this place, which I had no idea, but I had a ballpark. I think I estimated like 50,000 or something like that. So, and I was like, and that's the exact figure that I came up with to buy your house. So he, he didn't respond for like 24 hours. I, my stomach was turning because I was like, oh man, maybe I should have just offered more just to get the first deal done, you know? But um, luckily he just accepted it. I bought it because I had $4,000 in cash and, uh, but I ended up um, with this deal doing like the the Burr strategy. Are you familiar with the Burr strategy? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the initial you know four thousand was from cash, and then I, it needed everything: new kitchen, new bathrooms, like new roof, everything. You name it. I didn't have that money, so I got four no interest credit cards, and then I used I fixed it up for like sixty five thousand dollars. I'm all in like seventy thousand, um, and then it's worth like one twenty fixed up. So. You, you get a rental property loan on a property like that, you typically have to put 25% down. Well, I had more than 25% equity. So basically I could get all that money back in my pocket and have a cash flowing rental property that rented for 1200 a month. So 
that was how I got my very first rental property. And this strategy is so important for somebody who wants passive income, because as long as you can find a great deal, then you could actually go and do this again and again and again, and build up your rental portfolio without running out of money to buy properties. And so that was the first one that told me how it was possible. And I ended up doing it several other times, each with a different twist, you know, but that was how it all started. And if I look back at my previous year's rental performance, I've acquired five this year, so I wouldn't include those right now, but my portfolio of nine properties ended up generating $200,000 in gross revenue and about 70,000 net in my pocket after paying the mortgage taxes and insurance on each one of those properties. That That's like the milestone, that's it. That's what you want. That's escaping the rat race, right? Like 70,000 is more than what I made at my job when I started this. And so that was that was the benchmark and how it all worked out for me to become financially free. Not to mention you're not work, working 80 hours a week doing that either. Yeah, I mean, I was work working. 80. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say hustle is not a part of the equation, you know, because I was mm -hmm. doing this after work to start off with. But yeah, certainly in the last, you know, that was seven years ago because now it's 2023. I spend, uh, I work about maybe five or six hours a day now. I'm definitely working way less than I was back then. That's huge. All from 4,700 bucks just to start, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. That's that's awesome. Now, let me ask you this, because that, that was seven years ago. Now people are, I know people are going to say, yeah, but that won't work today. What would you say today? Like, how are you using Deal Machine right now to get that, that competitive edge to find the best deals? You can't time the market. You've got to find deals in the current market. And yeah. I felt very discouraged when my boss told me, you probably can't find really great real estate deals like this now. You know, I found these in 2009. That's very yeah. discouraging. If I would have stopped there, I would have never found a deal. But look, I did it in 2017 and you can do it right now. I've acquired five properties and this has worked for me even with the 7% interest rates, man. So it all hinges on how good of a deal can you find and the best way to do that rather than on market. And my experience is typically going off market, marketing to these distressed property owners so you can build in that equity cushion like I was able to create with this first deal. And how fast does it take you? Like when you're when you're using your, your software for this, how fast can you really determine you know, with costs, what do you think it might be with renovation costs and everything else? How fast do you think you could kind of know the numbers pretty, pretty safely? Well, you can, you can use a, a simple model. This is what I use for calculating the renovation costs because you'll never get it perfectly because there's always something you discover when you tear open the wall. So the way to deal with yeah. that is to create a margin of safety or a profit margin, you know, usually mm -hmm. 20 to 30% of the entire deal. But when, when I'm estimating rehab costs, if it just needs, you know, carpet and paint, it's $15 per square foot. If it also needs kitchens and baths, then it's $35 per square foot. And if it needs the roof, new mechanicals, everything, then it's $50 per square foot. So that's how I would ballpark it. And then I would also leave myself that 20, 30% margin of safety and be, and, and, and see, could, could I burr out of this deal? Meaning, could I be all in with the purchase and the rehab and still have over 25% equity in what this house should be worth, which you calculate by running comps with similar homes that have sold that are in perfect condition in that area. And if I feel that I can do that, I will definitely buy the house. That's how I calculate what I would need to offer on the house. Yeah. 
And how has that worked? Well, I just bought five this year. That's what I'm saying. So I've got my portfolio built up to 15 properties now. And mm -hmm. so the numbers I gave you before was when I was at nine. Oh, and Chris, the one thing that I didn't actually tell you was, yes, I cash flowed over $500 per door on each of these homes. The mm -hmm. average value of the homes is like 150 to 200,000 perfect condition. This is Indianapolis, great cash flow market. Yeah. Is that in that time frame of holding them for like six years, I actually not only had that 70,000 cash flow net per year, but they appreciated nearly a, over a million dollars. Um, and so it, it was, it was really truly something I did not expect. And when they say you, a lot of people say, Hey, when you're evaluating a rental property, you should make sure it meets the 1% rule, meaning that the rent should be 1% of the total purchase price. So if it's a hundred thousand dollar home, then it should rent for $1,000 a month. And uh, with my first deal, you know, it, I, I was 70 all in, it was worth 120 and I was able to rent it for 1200 a month. So it met the 1% yeah. rule. Plus I wasn't even all in 120. So it was exactly. good. The, the thing that I was going to mention is as time goes on in these cash flow markets, like commonly in the Midwest, the value mm. of the real estate itself actually kind of goes up. And so, so does the rent. So you're able to charge more as time goes on. And so these deals that meet the 1% rule are already good deals to start with, but you hold those for seven years. Not only does the value of the property go up, but your rents have gone up too. And they become sweeter and sweeter deals as time goes on. Now, eventually you do have to do some maintenance, but if you've done the burst strategy, it means everything's pretty much brand new anyway. So it's going to be virtually right. maintenance free for 10 years. And just imagine if you would have just had your money sitting in the stock market earning, it would have been about you would have made about 65 to 70%, maybe if you were lucky, depending on what you're invested in over the last right. six years. I mean, yeah, that's, a that, big I mean, difference. they always say the average is eight, right? But um, I haven't done the calculation in the last seven years. That's really interesting. I should do that. But one thing I did want to check out, or I use this software called Stessa. It's free, it helps you calculate mm -hmm. your investment rate of return. My cash on cash return for my investments is about 21%. And so nice. that includes the appreciation and the rental income. But that seemed pretty awesome to me. I like that percentage. You can do a lot when you increase your percentage like that. That's incredible. David, that's an awesome story for sure. And, and I know there's a lot of people here saying like, oh, I'm in this situation. I'm overworked. I need out. I need to find something else. And this might be the things that they need. What's, what's the best way for them to follow you or be able to learn more about what you guys offer with Deal Machine? Yeah, if they want to find their first deal. It took me mm -hmm. seven months. But the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 65, gives them a framework to get their first deal in seven days. So episode 65 is what I would check out of the Deal Machine Podcast. Sweet. We'll put it in the show notes, man. Thank you. Man, awesome. Thank you so much for being here, man. Um, for sure. Everybody else, you know, definitely check out episode number 65. This resonates with you at all. And you're thinking, hey, how do I actually get this to work for me? Because that was the key thing I was, I was hoping he would bring up was, that speed, right? Like that's what got him to miss the opportunity before. He missed it because he wasn't fast enough. He was doing all this research, dragging his feet. But man, if you have the speed, you have the right systems and tools in place, that's where you get that competitive edge to get the best deals, no matter what the market is. So guys, check that out. We'll put it in the show notes here for you guys. Go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week. And we'll see you later.
visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now.